Hey everybody, I want you to grab your Bible and a pen and even a cup of coffee and I want you to join Kara and I as we are going to talk about prayer and I want you to write this down. John 17 verse 1. Jesus spoke these things. He looked up into heaven and he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so that the Son may glorify you. Welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. I'm your host, AJ, and I'm so glad that you're joining us. This is the first week of Dot's series on prayer. She will be talking about what prayer is and if it really works. Let's jump into the conversation. Hey, everyone. I want you to join in on our conversation. Karen and I are talking about prayer, and we're just discussing what we used to think about prayer and what we think about prayer now. As a child, we had our idea of what prayer should be, and then as we get a little bit older, we get a little disappointed, like, well, maybe prayer is not exactly what I thought it is. Mm -hmm. And so today, we're just going to kind of talk about what is prayer, and does it really work? Yeah, I mean, that was a question that I think I probably struggled with as a kid and now like does it actually work you know you hear like a the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective I think it's in James Mm -hmm. and it's just one of those things in my head I'm like yeah yeah but yeah I don't if I actually believe that I probably would pray more but then I was also just what I did you know it was just like something to check off or it was something I never did you know it wasn't Mm -hmm. a priority going back to not really thinking it quote-unquote worked you know um when you think about Jesus and how much he got away to pray. Mm-hmm. And I think that we can look at Jesus because we're followers of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I think that Jesus is a great example if we want to know the truth about what is prayer and does it really work. Mm-hmm. And I was like you, I just thought, well, you pray and you give God your list. You know, and you mark them off just as soon as he says yes to everything you've asked him right. for. Well, you would say yes if, you know, my faith was so big or if I was uh-huh. doing. And that's true because what is the problem with prayer now, why so many people have a problem with prayer is because they've been told, just tell God, God does answer prayer. Yeah, and like you just strengthen your faith or have big faith or bigger if, faith. Yeah. And oh, well, if it did come true, then your faith isn't enough. Mm-hmm. And so it's all about us. It's about how we can manipulate God to do what we want to do. That's basically the bottom line of it. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people write a lot of books about prayer and what it is and what it's not. There's been great movies about prayer and seeing people pray. And and before they barely get up off their knees, God's answered their prayer in a miraculous way. So we get in our mind sometimes that if God is not answering the prayers the way that we think that he should, mm-hmm. there's something wrong with our prayer, right. our method, or our faith. Mm-hmm. Or us. Or us. Yeah. Absolutely. We're not enough or we're sinning. Mm-hmm. Like, God, why am I doing this? Not mm-hmm. helping you answer mm-hmm. Or that prayer. will stop us. I know for me has prevented me from praying because mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I was enough. You know? So maybe it's not even times where I thought God didn't think I was enough, but I didn't. And so mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I can't. You know, I'm not worthy. Yeah. Have you ever heard uh, or felt that you shouldn't pray for yourself? Ever heard that? I have not. There are a lot of people who believe that when you're praying, you should never pray for yourself mm. because it's so selfish mm. that you should pray for all the starving people or the people that are hurting and stuff. And the reason. I love John 17, and it's called the high priest prayer. And the reason it is, is the high priest would go in to the holies of holies mm-hmm. and intercede for the Jewish people, mm-hmm. for the Israelites. Yeah, I think about that a lot when we're, you know, mm-hmm. doing our 
yearly reading through the Bible. And right now we're in Leviticus. And I think that all the time when we're reading through those first five books, you see that so much Moses going in. And whenever he goes in, I always think of that. I Mm -hmm. think of, oh, like now we can go in, you know, we don't have Mm -hmm. to have, you know, a Moses or a high priest. And Jesus who sits down at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Like Jesus, before he prayed, he prayed for himself. In John 17, he prays and he says, Father, I want you to glorify your son so that others will see that our relationship. He said, I want you to glorify those that you have given me authority over all the flesh At the very beginning of John 1, John starts out saying, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And he talks about, and it was the glory of God. Mm -hmm. So from the very beginning, the apostle John wanted us to know that Jesus glorified the Father. So when Jesus is telling God in chapter 17, Father, I want you to glorify your Son, He knew from the very beginning of time and His whole purpose in life, and this is huge, that His whole purpose in life to be here on this earth was to glorify the Father, was to show other people what God was like. Mm -hmm. And so he begins his high priest prayer right before he went to the cross. You know, the gospel, matter of fact, I think it was the gospel of Luke that records so many of Jesus's prayers, Mm -hmm. but they're short prayers when there's witnesses around. Mm -hmm. This John 17 Kara, is so important. I read it all the time because it is the longest prayer that Jesus prayed that other people were able to hear and witness. Mm -hmm. And so it was really close to his heart. Mm -hmm. And he was about to die. He said, Father, the hour has come. Mm -hmm. I want us to think about that for a minute. When we're talking about prayer and we're just telling him what we want in our little request, When we look at the life of Jesus and he is about to die, he's about to give his life for the people he loved, for the world, Mm -hmm. for their sins. And he looks up into heaven and he says, Father, the hour has come. It's a conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, when you you think about... Prayer, Karen, you were saying, well, it's, you know, so much about my list or what's going on in my life. How can I manipulate God to do what I want? Mm-hmm. Here is Jesus saying, time's come. Now I'm going to do what you want. Mm-hmm. And so I think that when we think about prayer and think about here is Jesus and it's about to die and he wants to go and pray. So, you know, Jesus didn't need anything. So we know prayer isn't about getting what we need. Right. Prayer wasn't trying to have an intimate relationship with God. Jesus had a huge intimate relationship with God. Prayer represents our intimate relationship with God. In other words, our prayer life tells a lot about ourselves. It represents so much of who we are, what we're thinking about, what we're concerned about. And so when Jesus was praying, what he was concerned about was glorifying God. What he was concerned about in John 17 is he prays for the disciples. But prayer is about having that close relationship with the Lord. I mean, it is that conversation. It is, you know, like we wouldn't be able to go before him and pray if it weren't for Jesus. Absolutely. So 
Yeah, and Jesus is the one. Where is that? No, it represents how close we are to the Lord. Because people that have a hard time praying, they're seeing God as, I'm asking you to do this and you haven't done it. So there's just this little thing. I'm going to pray and check it off and say the Lord's Prayer. Thy will be, you know, our Father who art in heaven, how be thy name. And they just kind of, you know. It's kind of like people that pray when they're eating mm-hmm. and they do it so fast. You're like, Jesus, did you catch that? Yeah. You know, because really what they want to do is they want to pray before they want to eat. And so they want to get that out of the way. It's a means to an end, yeah. as you were talking about. And so when we look at John 17 and we see that Jesus is about to go to the cross and his, what he's concerned about was glorifying God. That was the first thing. Father, glorify your son. And I love it because it says that the father said, I, I have. So it's a conversation that Jesus was having. So John 17, uh, Jesus wanted us to know that prayer is just a conversation. So it's not that you can't bring your list or bring your desires or cares or, you know, whatever may be, because me, I bring you my Christmas list. Well, and the scripture says you have not because you ask not. Right. But it's, right, it's the conversation. It's the, that relationship is already there. Like you're not, you know, you and I, may not talk for days. I mean, that never happens. But if we didn't talk for days, I'd still be we'd your still mother. be yes. in a close relationship. Well, let me put it this way. If we didn't talk for months, that would represent our relationship. We weren't that close. Right. But I'd still be your mother and you'd still be my daughter. So it shows the intimacy is because Jesus was praying all the time and he was only here for three years mm-hmm. as far as ministry. And I talk to you every day. So and you talk shows. to me every day. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. And so it represents the intimacy. So John 17 is Jesus expressing that Father, when he allows the people to hear, he's letting them know that their relationship is extremely close. Mm-hmm. Even with Lazarus, when he was about to raise Lazarus from the dead, he looks up into heaven and he says, Father, I ask that you will, you know, bring Lazarus forth, not mm-hmm. for myself, but for the people around me. Mm-hmm. And so there was such a close relationship. Jesus was very secure in his relationship with the Father. I mean, I know one thing that's going through my mind that I'm sure is going through maybe a listener's mind too is that question of yeah but Jesus could hear you know Jesus was God so I'm sure he heard at least for me it's been hard at times having that conversation because you don't hear the booming voice of God and so hearing you say that like you know that moment with Jesus at Lazarus tomb it's you know I'm thinking like well yeah Jesus probably knew what God was saying because he was God and I know you know we're going to talk about how to hear God's voice in a couple weeks yeah so we don't need to get that right now but I do think like you're saying that intimacy like we can have that because you're talking about it's a relationship right and so it is a relationship and it's an intimacy like if and we it, have the holy spirit in us like we can have that i know you, yes i don't want to get into it like you said right now but when we're talking about that it is a relationship right it's not a one-way conversation right. there's nothing more irritating than to have a conversation with someone and they're just talking and they never ask about yourself or they never ask how you're feeling or, mm-hmm. you know, those or even a conversation. You just know when they're walled, you know, like mm-hmm. if you're talking at a wall, like they might be even responding, you know, you can just tell like they're not engaged or they don't care. So as we talk about prayer and how that it is a conversation with God, does it really work? Well, that kind of takes away from it. If we really put as our foundation that we have a relationship with God and because 
because of Jesus, we can't enter into the presence of God. Mm-hmm. When we ask the question, does it work? What are you really asking? Can I get what I want? Yeah. <laughs> How can I get God to say yes to everything that I ask? Or, I mean, sometimes though, my heart, I mean, I for sure have thought that or felt that, but sometimes it's just like, what's the point? You know, and I know, again, that goes back to the intimacy part of it, definitely. But, you know, I think that is like, there are some things that are so burdensome or so deep that it's not even out of a manipulation of, I want to get God to do what I want, but it's this, if I pray or if I keep doing this, or if I keep asking for this or keep bringing this to him or keep like, is he going to do anything with it? You know, so. Yeah, and you're not the first one that's thought that. Right. I, I too mm-hmm. have thought that. And I'm sure whoever is listening has thought that. Does it work? Is he listening? Is he going to do anything? Mm-hmm. And let's address, does God ever say no? We all know he says no. Mm-hmm. But when he says no, we think he doesn't love us. He doesn't care. He doesn't care what's on my heart. He's just going to do what he wants to do. And he doesn't care what we're thinking about. But did Jesus say, Father, let this cup pass from me? Yeah. And he said no. And he said no. Mm-hmm. And he loved Jesus. They were oneness. It's almost like God will say no to himself. Yes. I'm not going to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. For the sake of you, because I love you. Mm-hmm. Like you as in me and you. Yeah. You know? That there is a bigger plan. I honestly have never thought of it like that until this very moment. But it's even more so that love of like he was that selfless, unconditional love. Mm-hmm. I'm going to deny what I want. I'm going to deny myself. Mm-hmm. And say no to this. Because you know it was breaking the Father's heart for Jesus to go on that cross. He knew, Jesus knew what was about to happen. And uh, he said, I'm going to deny what I want for a bigger purpose. (laughs) And you're crying. (laughs) It is overwhelming to think that God is saying, I love my children so much that I will allow you to go through whatever you need to go through. And as a mom, I can tell you that when you can see with an eternal perspective and you see that you love them too much just to let them do what they want to do or give them just what they ask, I just love you too much, don't I? Yeah. Well, it's just like that overwhelming sense of love of I'm going to deny myself. And especially, you know, I've dealt with my fair share of selfish, you know, relationships Mm -hmm. and not saying, I mean, I for sure I'm selfish, but um, it just is that you don't see that kind of love on earth a lot. And so it's overwhelming. Like, oh my gosh, you literally denied yourself. You, I don't know. It just hit me in a different way of him thinking of, I don't want this to happen, but this is what's going to happen. happen. Where would we be today? As we think about prayer and being in a relationship, God is saying to you and he's saying to me and he's saying to our listeners, you know, there are going to be times you're going to pray and I'm going to say no, because I'm God and I know way past what's happening for this very moment. And I know that right now, this very moment, you are in agony. You know that you're about to go to the cross. You know that you're about to be separated from me, from God. You know, that was what broke Jesus's heart because mm-hmm. he knew that on that cross, when that sin came, he was going to cry out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? They had always been a oneness. And John 17 starts out, Father, let's have our relationship. We had way before they even the foundation of the earth. And God said, no, because what you really want 
is past the cross. Mm-hmm. But you got to go through the cross first. Yeah. And so when we're praying, we get so upset with God because we hear that there's a no. We're looking at it from what we want right now. Mm-hmm. And only God well, says, and, no, you don't know what's ahead. Right. Well, and I think sometimes it's at least what I've been learning even the last six months is a no today doesn't mean a no tomorrow. And because I don't mm-hmm. I don't know that. And so, you know, with Jesus wanting that cup to pass, in all reality, he did get his yes on the other side Mm -hmm. of the cross. So it was like, it's a no today. Like, this cup is not going to pass. But... On the other side of the cross, it's a yes. And you know that the heart of God, if it's a no, it's got to be for your own good. This is what I think. We don't really know the desires of our heart. Mm -hmm. We think we do. But God truly knows the desire. Just like in the other scriptures where it says, if you ask for bread, I'm not going to give you a stone. And what God is saying, you think this is bread. I see it as stone. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to give it to you. Mm -hmm. The most difficult prayer that anyone can pray is That will be done. Mm -hmm. Father, I want what you want. Like, how do you reconcile that with people praying for healing? And when you're praying for someone with cancer, like, God, don't let them be sick today. Give them strength to do it. You're wanting them to get well. Those are the prayers I think are some of the hardest is when you know you are asking for something good. You know, Mm -hmm. like, you know, you're asking for something that God, it's not selfish. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. And he says, no, which would probably, again, goes back to Jesus. It wasn't a selfish prayer. Right. In that prayer, most difficult prayer of all, that will be done, Mm -hmm. was when the deepest, most agony Jesus was ever in in his life. And I will say to that person what I feel God taught me years ago. And actually, I have it right here. I've written it down and laminated it, um, put it in my folder. And every day I pray this, will this give you glory? God, what will most give you the glory? And so when you're praying for someone that's got cancer or you're not dying, God, what what would bring you most glory? So what does that mean? Like, what would you say to that person? What does, why should we want God to get glory? Because God is our father who we have decided to follow Jesus and we have such a oneness. Mm -hmm. And we know that in John 17, Jesus prayed that others would see the father and that the others would see him and glorify him. When we really understand and get a grasp that the greatest thing anyone can really have Mm -hmm. is awareness and to know who God is. Right. And that there are worse things than cancer. And you know, cancer has taken every bit of the people that I love, Mm -hmm. but there's worse things. And so when I began to say, God, what would bring you the most glory? What we're saying is we are looking past the immediate situation to what is the future and what is best. Well, and I think, you know, that verse for our good and his glory, it goes Mm -hmm. hand in hand. And so that's where it's, that's where it's his glory is his goodness and all that, you know, Mm -hmm. even if it doesn't feel good or doesn't seem good in this moment. When we think and change our perspective about prayer and we realize it's not just to go and tell God what we want, but to go and have a conversation with God that while we are praying and we are seeking the Father, God has a way miraculously through the Holy Spirit to give us his desires to give us eyes to see things the way he sees things. And I think when you say, Father, let you be glorified. What we're saying is let them see this situation as you see it. Mm -hmm. Let me see this situation as you see it. 
And as I have learned and still learning about praying about situations that are very difficult. And when I think God has not answered my prayer the way I thought he should, I always go back and say, God, what would bring you the most glory? When I pray for you, Kara, I pray and ask God, God, in this situation, what would bring you the most glory? How will Kara see you in a way that she'll never see you had this not happened? Because I firmly believe, and I'm, you know, old (laughs) and getting older, and I've walked with the Lord for so many years, I am still learning But one of the things that God has taught me through my prayer life has been, I got to get on my knees and I've got to stop telling God my mind and ask him to give me his mind on that situation. And so I have a couple of questions that I always say to Jesus. Jesus, what do you want to happen? Hmm. Because, see, we know that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father interceding. And so as I'm praying and I'm telling him, this is what I want to happen, I'm learning to say, Jesus, what would you want to happen? And as I have been able to sit there for a little bit and pray, God has been able to turn my focus away from this desperate agony prayer and begin to praise him and say, God, I want what you want. I want your will to be done. And that is difficult. And it's not going to be a short little prayer. It may be weeks, months, and years that you pray. But you have to say, God, I don't know how this is going to turn out. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what you want for Kara. I don't know what you want for my children. I don't know what you want for my grandkids. But I want what you want. I want your will to be done. I hope you wrote some of that down. For more content from DOT, head to dotbowen.com. This podcast is brought to you by Cup of Joy Ministries and generous contributions from listeners like you. Thanks for listening. We look forward to being with you again next week.